0: Before we begin, I have a couple of news items to give you guys. The first one is another seminar over at Black Hall Outfitters. This one is with Chris Parisi, who used to be the store manager there, if I'm not mistaken. Now he's moved on to work with Tsunami Tackle. and He's going to be giving a seminar on how to catch your next personal best striped bass on a flutter spoon. If you guys haven't seen these things in action, they are almost unequaled if there's bunker around. He's going to give you a rundown of tackle, tactics, all that stuff, when and where. and. Um, He's a great guy, he's gonna do a great job with it. And uh, this one is not at the actual uh, Black Hall Outfitters location. It's over at Marine Max, we're gonna put the, um, put the uh, address here on the screen for you guys. But that's over in Westbrook, so you guys check that out, it's Saturday, this Saturday. Um, that's February 11th, it's gonna run from 10.30 to 11.30. Definitely wanna check that out, so head over there and uh, give them a look. The other thing, of course, is the giveaway. Which is ongoing this one's gonna end on March 1st. I didn't get any videos this videos. I didn't get any pictures this week, which really isn't a surprise. We've had some pretty wild weather and uh, so no pictures this week. If you did send one, you think I missed it, let me know. Um, but you guys know the drill by now you gotta email the pictures in to danderson at thefisherman.com and make sure you put contest or giveaway in the subject line or text them to the number on the screen and the only stipulation is has to be a recently caught fish and has to show you with your fish. And that's it, so send those in and uh, we'll see who wins. Before we begin getting into the actual reports, it was a lean week. We had some crazy weather, as I'm sure you guys remember. We had that like once in a decade cold over the weekend, which really kind of knocked people out of the game. Uh, But we do have some stuff to talk about, just gonna be a little shorter report than you might be used to. Before we jump into Massachusetts, we're gonna go north of the border here into New Hampshire and Maine, where there is a lot of safe ice, especially on the smaller ponds, but some of the big lakes too. Uh, like I know Moosehead has safe safe ice, and Sebago might on some of the bays. I haven't been able to confirm that, but there's a lot of ice fishing going on on up there. A lot of different species being caught from trout and lake trout to uh, pickerel to pike, bass, all different kinds of stuff. Panfish. Everything's been looking good up there. Um, so if you're itching to get out on the ice and you don't mind making a little bit of a drive, that's definitely uh, that's definitely an option for you guys. Um, As we drop down into Massachusetts, we'll start things off with Mr.
1: Jim Jukes. Good morning, Dave. I'm physically up here on Plum Island at the center groin. And I got the moon setting in front of me over here, the sun rising and back of me in a few minutes. I just had to spend some time up here this morning. Uh, Anyways, we got a couple of Paddle boarders out there in the surf. Other people were out here doing some metal detecting and things like that. Um, As far as the reports up here, the Arctic blast was a dud. I didn't get any reports of guys catching on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, guys were out in full force though. Plenty of uh, people. Out on the ice a little bit north of us here catching plenty of fish Seen some northern pike from a buddy of mine uh, then the bass fishing was pretty good and the yellow perch were everywhere uh, did not get any information on holdover striped bass this week uh, which was suspected um, those guys are hitting Specific tide windows and weather events, things like that. So that's that. Uh, anyways, Dave, absolutely gorgeous. Got to get out there, enjoy yourselves. And oh, by the way, uh, make sure you guys stop by your local tackle shops, especially in the winter. They could really use the business and uh, to see some faces. I'm sure their long winters are not busy, especially the ones that are on the coast here. All right, Dave, that's it. Thanks, Jim.
0: Really, really enjoyed that report. I like the way you did that, and I definitely 100% agree with you. You know, this time of year, I've worked in tackle shops, and wintertime in a tackle shop can be uh, can be pretty slow. Um, So definitely, you know, the way to do it is grab your buddy, maybe grab breakfast on the way, grab a coffee. And uh, head over there, and you know, when you find you need something, don't just run to the internet. You know, head over to your local shop and, uh, and you know, patronize the people that take care of you during the season. So um, that was definitely good advice, Jim, really appreciate that. Um, as Jim alluded to, the uh, holdover striped bass fishing in Massachusetts really was non-existent this week. Not a big surprise. We have strong moon tides right now, and uh, we had that wild weather which just probably threw a lot of people out of the game. Most of the news I'm hearing this week is coming from the Cape and it's mostly trout or panfish. Those are the two things that seem to be uh, getting the most attention. The trout guys are doing the best damage right now with live bait. In fact, almost all the damage that I'm hearing about has been done with live bait. Either an inflated Nightcrawler on the bottom, a uh, live shiner under a float or pinned to the bottom, or of course the uh, ever popular and very effective power bait. All those things are catching fish, whether you're fishing off Cape, like in the Plymouth Ponds, or you're fishing Peters, Hamblin, or out at Nickerson, all those places are still producing fish, and bait has definitely been the best way to get it done. On the panfish side of things, when I say panfish, what I really mean is yellow perch. Um, Other fish are being caught, but yellow perch are definitely the dominant species right now. Uh, The best way to get them is to go out in a boat and just look at the fish finder. And uh, you find little things that look like balls of bait, and they're probably yellow perch. You can drop your Ned rigs or your little hair jigs down, and you're gonna, they tend to be pretty aggressive, so you're going to do pretty well. Um, if you're doing it from shore, it's more of a prospect thing. Just don't be afraid to move around. I like to do it from shore with a Ned rig. It seems to work very well. And um, again, these fish are very aggressive in the wintertime, so it's definitely a good option if you just want to bend a rod. Uh, Heading off the Cape, I don't have a lot of reports, although we are bringing Roy Leva back this week after about six weeks off. We finally got some good ice out in the western part of the state. So um, he sent us a report this week, so let's wrap up the Massachusetts portion with Mr. Roy Leva.
2: We finally got some ice out here in western Mass. Uh, The Berkshires have had ice for a little bit, but out here in western Mass, there really hasn't been anything. Most of Massachusetts, there hasn't been anything. Unfortunately, this is probably all going to be gone by the weekend. We've got warm, the warm still already got it pretty honeycombed. Uh, I've got about five inches here, um, which isn't the greatest ice. Um, and I can't see it surpassing uh, the next couple of days with all the rain and warm weather coming. So that is my report for this week. The fishing actually has been very good considering. Um, but I'm guessing, you know, this ice won't be here the weekend, but I'll have a report next week uh, to keep you guys informed of what is still around and what isn't. Um, so my guess is, oh not, just got a bite. My guess is, if you're planning to get out, get some ice. Berkshires are probably going to be your best bet, or you know, northern Massachusetts, any place that has some snow on the ground. It's going to insulate it from all that rain. Uh, temps have been in the 40s lately all day long and the nights have been cold which locks it back up but it's just it's crap it gets soft by the afternoon you can actually see it oh i could just take the top layer off of it so you take three inches off of that off that five inches and you know there's not much left there so but that's it that's all i got catch you guys next week
0: Over in Rhode Island, reports are very thin this week. Um, I don't think any of the head boats have been out since that big blow came through, at least none that i talked to or looked at reports from. Uh, before that, like right before that, I know they went out, one of the boats went out, and the uh, reports were pretty bland. Um, I think you know, any number of reasons why that could be, it could have been the approaching system, who knows. Um, could have just been a tough drift, but whatever it was, um, the bite was on the slower side. And um, there's no reason to think that that's going to be the new trend. It's just, it's just the facts. So if you were thinking about jumping on a headboat this weekend and you were hoping I was going to you know, give you a good reason to go or a good reason not to, sorry, I don't have that for you. The best thing you can do is probably call ahead and just, and just see what they've been doing over the last few days if they've been out. Um, and if you do elect to go, I'd love to see some pictures, love to get a report, so send that over to me. Um, the other thing that's going on in Rhode Island is just the uh, just the trout fishing. It's either those Sebago salmon or the rainbow trout that they stocked over the last few weeks. Um, I have not yet heard about a lake trout, I'm not sure what to make of that, um, they just don't seem to be being caught with any kind of regularity. Uh, but the Sebago salmon are still pretty aggressive and those rainbows, they're always aggressive. Uh, most of the damage is being done on lures right now, although I definitely think you could get it done with bait as well. Um, No holdover striped bass action to talk about, and nothing else in Rhode Island this week, so that's the end of our Rhode Island report. As we slide over into Connecticut, you know, it's still pretty much a two-horse race in Connecticut. Most guys are either fishing for trout in the rivers or those stocked lakes that they did a couple weeks ago, uh, or they're fishing for holdover striped bass up in the Housatonic. We'll start with the trout. Trout fishing's been decent, um, hasn't been amazing. I know that the Farmington River's flows have been up a little bit, uh, which has made things a little bit more difficult. But when the Farmington's running high, a lot of guys just head over to the Salmon River. That's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good strategy. And the Salmon River's been fishing pretty well this week uh, overall. So those are, those are the two places that most of the guys are headed. Although some of the places out west, like the Mill River and the, uh, the Mianus and, uh, and the Norwalk River, all those are producing fish as well. So you've got a lot of different options in Connecticut right now. Moving up toward the Connecticut River, we didn't get any usable ice, any fishable ice with this arctic blast. Some skimmed over, got some, you know, annoying floaty pieces out there. Uh, So any fishing that's being done in the Connecticut River is being done from a boat in the coves right now. I don't have any reports talking about that specifically this week, but I know from my own personal experience that it's a great place to go if you just want to catch something. Uh, those coves tend to have fish in them, and after Friday, when we're supposed to see temperatures in the 50s, maybe even touching 60, uh, most of that, you know, float around ice should be gone. So, um, might be a good option for you guys Saturday or Sunday this week. Go out there and just fish for whatever. There could be pickerel, could be pike, could be yellow perch, white perch, calico bass, largemouth bass, striped bass. There's all different kinds of stuff up there, and um, you know, in, in February, the bite for me has historically been fairly good, so it's definitely a place you can definitely check out. Uh, for a little bit more about what's going on in the Connecticut River Valley and surrounding areas, let's toss it over now to our Rowan Landon. Hey
3: everybody, I'm on a small stream brown trout mission today here, uh, northern Connecticut River Valley, basically. Um, mild weather coming again. We had ice for a little while, not really much in the way of safe ice, but maybe a little bit in some places. Um, expect anywhere that there's still ice on the Connecticut River on the coves for it to break up by friday Um, the flow is pretty moderated now it's at a decent level for pike and and uh, perch fishing in the coves Um, trout fishing should be picking up in a lot of the tributaries Uh, the salmon river tma is fishing pretty well at the moment nymphs and and small presentations mostly a little bit of streamer fishing or uh, inline spinners and spoons but uh, yeah mild weather again right here in the middle of the winter get out there and catch some fish.
0: And since we've been talking about the Farmington, let's actually throw it over now to Derek Kirkpatrick from Connecticut Fish Guides and hear from an expert.
4: Hey Dave, I'm on the Farmington River. Um, As you can see, it's pretty dark out and the tip of the week is to extend your fishing to darkness. So many times in the winter, um, the warmest part or the water, water temp wise is the latter part of the day. So, you can get a good bite window at the end of the day where fish are not as picky. I'd recommend during those um, times of the day with the light fading to try uh, hot spots on your nymphs subsurface. You can get a lot of fish to eat uh, from that trigger. Right now, we're in a transition as far as entomology, so, it, fishing's a little slow. I expect there to be good midge fishing uh, as we progress towards the back end of the w- uh, winter fishing. Uh, early stoneflies and stoneflies in general are going to start to produce a lot more. Your jig fishing may slow down a little bit, but if you're fishing early, jigs are, are a good way to go. Midge fishing, um, you're going to want to utilize indicator nymphing as well as tight line nymphing and some traditional streamer fishing is not a bad idea if you have overcast days. Your brighter days, you're going to have a a temperature spike and that's going to get the bugs moving. So, uh, tip of the week, fish till darkness, back to you Dave.
0: From Farmington we're going to head northwest now up into the northwest corner of the state. I know some guys have been out on the ice up there, at least over the weekend they were. I don't know the condition of the ice uh, since then, Uh, but I've seen some pike caught up that way. I've seen calico bass, i uh, seen plenty of pick rolls that came out uh, up that way. What I would do if you're thinking about heading up there this weekend is just pick a pond and then call the fire department in that town and see if they can give you an ice report. That way you can save yourself the drive if it's, uh, if it's far for you guys. Um, but that's the only place in Connecticut where we've had any ice fishing going on at all. And then kind of heading down into the southwest corner. Uh, Max is under the weather this week, so I'm just going to cover that portion of the state for him. Um, most of the guys that are fishing out that way right now are doing it in the Housatonic. The Hoosie has been slowing down, but there's still fish being caught. And the guys that are having the most success are downsizing their offerings. So they're they're using you know like little uh, like the little Albi snacks or four or five inch paddle tails on heads you know between one half and one quarter ounce. It's going to be a little tougher for the next day or so because we still got these moon tides rolling through. So you're going to have to. You know, Cast way tide if you're going to be doing those light jigs, but the light jigs have been Have been the key for most of the guys that are actually hooking up um, But the bite definitely is a lot slower than it was at the beginning of January and that's typical You know we're in the coldest part of the year right now and um, You know usually at this time of the year the water's the coldest and the fish are the slowest so uh, You got that and then of course we've got all the different rivers out there, which we talked about already and um, Still got some salmon action up in the Naugatuck as well, so um Lots of options out west uh, for you guys. Anyone looking to bend a rod right now? That's the re- that's the report that I have for you guys in Connecticut. Now let's you know kind of think warmer. Think about some warmer climates here. We're going to start things off with um, with a report from Costa Rica down in Marina Vela.
3: Hey guys, this is Ben Gilmore from Jackpot Sport Fishing with this week's fishing report from Costa Rica. I got these two guys from New Jersey, from California, New Jersey, hooked up to a double sailfish right now. Woo! 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 The fight down here in Costa Rica is absolutely cranking, guys. We got sailfish, blue marlin, mahi mahi, and tuna going on right now. Just yesterday, we finished our rooster fish tournament. 62 rooster fish were caught yesterday. Lots of happy anglers. And we tagged a lot of fish for research. The weather's nice. The sea is calm. We got plenty of people from New Jersey coming down to see us. Hope to see you guys down here in Costa Rica. This is Ben Gilmore from Jackpot Spore Fishing.
0: And then we'll wrap things up with a uh, little visit to Florida. We'll uh, check in with John Skinner and hear about his top three lures for fishing in Florida.
5: Well, you know, the first thing I would have is, you know, if I could only have one lure, it would be a, um, a jerkbait on a swimbait hook. So this happens to be, um, and, and I use this a lot, this is a one-eighth ounce 3.0... Jerkbait hook, and these are really easy. They've got a spring, so pretty much, and I can show this because it's quick enough to do. There's, you know, you've got a spring, you've got a little bit of weight. I often use one sixteenths of an ounce on the flat. That would be uh, the most common one, and you just screw the front on, and then these they all have a slot on the bottom. It's really important to hit that slot, come out like dead center of the top and you want it to lay nice and flat like that. You don't want to have a bend in it or anything. Now, this happens to be a uh, zoom jerk shad. I often use and pretty much most of what I use are the gulps. The problem with the gulps is that in some areas the pinfish and the puffer fish, there's too many of them and they'll destroy uh, the gulp in that situation. So I'll use something like a zoom or Salt Strong makes uh, good lures like this, many companies make them, and so this would probably be number one. And what I like about this, it catches everything. Uh, I have quart, tarpon on this particular zoom, um, but snook, redfish, trout, all of them hit this. You can make it weedless. If you push it up, you bury that hook into the soft plastic it just became weedless. You can skip this under mangroves because it will skip. Um, So it's just got so many things going for it. Everything eats it. If I could only have one lure, that's it. That's the one. Okay. That said, another lure that gets um, not quite as much use, but pretty darn close is pretty much any kind of a spook lure in this range of roughly four inches. This happens to be a Rebel Jumpin minnow. Um, the most popular spook down here is the Super Spook Junior, the Head and Lure. I think it's about three and a half inches. It's a little bit smaller. I happen to prefer the Rebel um, because it's a, a little bit bigger. It happens to plow through a chop a little better, hold its motion, um, and pretty much in both cases. In, in this case, what you're doing is working it with twitches where you, you get that darting action. This is a little bit similar where you're kind of, they call it a walk the dog motion, where you want to have that thing on the surface, zigzagging back and forth. Um, I've actually caught a tarpon on this, although it's not a typical tarpon lure, Uh, but snook, redfish, trout, they'll all hit this. It's a spectacular lure. Between these two, wow, I got to say, this might be 90% of the lures I'm going to throw down here. It's going to be spook. Or this. If you only have these two, you're you're really good to go. That said, sometimes you're gonna be in situations where the water's a little bit deeper and you don't want to be using top water. Maybe it's the middle of the day and you're fishing deeper, and by deeper down here. I'm talking about three feet or four feet of water. That's deep because a lot of the fishing is done in less than two feet of water, especially on the flats with the redfish um, with the jerk shads. Three to four feet, I actually consider to be fairly deep. This is, and it can be any lead head with a soft plastic. This is a Tsunami. Uh, I think this is a Z-Man lead head. And you could either have this or you could have a small bucktail. I often use the uh, small bucktails and then tip that with either a gulp or some kind of a soft plastic. Um, So that's really it. If you've got these three down here in Southwest Florida, Ah, I don't know what else you need. Um, uh, if somebody said this is all I could have, well, that's fine with me. Like I said, 90% of the time I'm between these two, and then the other 10%, I'm throwing a jig with a soft plastic or a, a bucktail with a with soft plastic on it.
0: That's what I have for you guys in the reports this week. Hopefully, that's going to inspire you to get out there. You know, you got good options. You got trout. You got ice fishing, especially up north, for a whole host of species. We've got the Connecticut River that's pumping out all different species, and you also got the Housatonic River, which has a decent striped bass bite, and if you don't mind putting in the time and putting in a little bit of effort, you're probably going to be rewarded for giving that a try. If you're not a subscriber to The Fisherman, I highly recommend heading over to thefisherman.com. There's enough free content on there for you to get a really full picture of what we offer. We cover everything from Delaware all the way up to Maine. We have three editions, and with a subscription, you get access to all three. So, that covers every state and every fishery between Delaware and Maine. And that's everything freshwater, saltwater, surf, boat, kayak, it's all covered. And uh, we even do some travel stuff in there. We've got lots of videos on our YouTube channel. Uh, definitely head over and check us out. If you're still not convinced, at the very least, give us a like and subscribe here on YouTube and hit that little bell thing down there so you get a notification every time we post something new. I appreciate, I appreciate you guys for watching, and we'll see you next week.